Good morning. My name is Lauren Shirley, um, and it's been my privilege the past three years to get to hang out with the youth and invest in them and have them minister to me. Um, I'm also on staff part-time as the media and technical director, and I assist David, and I'm kind of a jack-of-all-trades. Um, so it's, it's, it's really a, an honor and a privilege to stand before you today. Um, we've really seen God do amazing things this weekend, um, and I'm expecting him to continue to do that. Um, So why don't you pray with me real quick? Father God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you do. We thank you that you do all things well. And God, I pray that uh, you would be with us now, that we would hear your words, that it would not be anything I say or anything I do, but that you would speak and that you would be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. So this weekend we've been looking at, you know, the strong tower. Um, and, and that's a concept that is seen throughout the Old Testament, especially in the Psalms. We see it in Proverbs. We see David references it a lot. Um, and, and this idea of a fortress, of a strong tower, of a safe place um, that we can go to, that we can, that we can run to, that God is our protection and our provider, and, and it's where we find our safety. Um, and we see it in several places, um, but there's, there's a reference um, that I want to look at today um, of our fortress um, in Psalm 46. So if you have your Bibles and want to look it up um, as I read. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth give way, and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her, she will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice, the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see the works of the Lord, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes war cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And as we look at this, it's, it's hard for us as 21st century Americans to understand the need for a strong tower. You know, we don't have conquering armies coming in every now and then, just ravaging, pillaging everywhere. Um, it's hard for us to understand how much a strong tower, how much a castle, how much protection meant to the ancient world. Um, and, and we think David, and we, we, see how, you know, we see how he ended and how he united all the tribes, and how he was you know, the greatest king, but he had a pretty rocky start. Um, he was hiding on the run from Saul most of his life after he'd been anointed king. Um, he was hiding out, hiding in caves. Um, a strong tower was something that was very real to David. It's protection he needed um, as he um, needed protection for his very life. Um, and so it's something that's very real to the people um, of Israel. Um, people of Israel were less sophisticated at the time of David as the tribes around them, the Philistines had more weapons and more power. And so they needed God for their very lives. And that's something we often don't experience um, in this day and age. Um, but it's something that's, that is a very real reality, whether we realize it or not, that we depend on God for everything we are and everything we do. 
And so as we look at scripture, there's kind of, um, we get a Hebrew worldview that, that's, that focuses a lot more on concrete imagery. Most of us have a very Greek perspective of the world that's based on abstract concepts and different things. But as we look at scripture, God gives us a lot of different illustrations that show us who he is and who we are in relation to that. So I want to look at several of those that are kind of tangently related to this idea of God being our strong tower and God being our fortress and God being our salvation. Um, so, so the fortress and the strong tower is, is fairly obvious, but there's several other things throughout Scripture in the Old and New Testament um, that, that God speaks to. Um, and the first one I want to look at is this idea of foundation, of Christ is our foundation. Christ is the solid rock that we stand on. I mean, we see it in the Old Testament prophesied that the Messiah would have be a sure foundation, that he would be the chief cornerstone. Um, and we see in the New Testament, Jesus uses this theme. Paul talks about it, Peter talks about it. It's all throughout Scripture that we need to build our lives on the foundation of Christ. Um, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talks about the wise man and the foolish builder. Uh, one built his house on sand, and when the storms come, it, didn't, it washed away. But the man that built on the rock that had the solid foundation was firm. Storms still come. We know that, that life throws storms at us. We don't, no one gets to escape that. But when we have our, our foundation on Christ, we're solid. Um, we can't be shaken because of the strength and the protection he provides for us. Um, so in Corinthians, Paul's writing um, to a church that's in a lot of turmoil. There's a lot of problems going on, but he writes and he says, here's what you need to know. Here's how you need to build. So in 1 Corinthians 3, by the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder, and someone else is building on it, but each one should build with care. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, yet will be saved, even though it is only as one escaping through the flames." Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple, and that God's Spirit dwells in your midst? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. For God's temple is sacred, and you together are that temple. So as we look at this, it raises a couple questions. Is Christ really the foundation of your life? Is that what you are basing everything on? Is that the, the core of your identity? Is that who you are? Um, most of us in here would probably say, yes, we've made that commitment. We surrendered our lives to Christ. He's the foundation. He is who we turn to. Um, he's what defines us. I mean, that's pretty much what we say when we, when we become Christians, when we attend church. That's, that's what we are assuming. But, but we need to take it a step further. It's not enough just to have Christ as the foundation. He doesn't just call us so we can be saved and escape hell. There's more to it than that. He calls us to be about his work, to build his kingdom, to do what he's called us to do. And that requires obedience that goes beyond just attending church or just having you know, the appearance of a Christian. It requires what do we do with our lives? How do we build? How do we participate in what God is calling us to do? Um, what are you building with your life? Are you building on the solid rock? That's the first question. And then how are you building? Are you building in a way that honors God? Are you building with gold and silver and these costly gems? It costs more to do that. It takes a different perspective to do that. We live in a world of instant gratification, and it's easy just to, to throw things together, to just do whatever we think is necessary for us right now to get ahead in life or to do what we want to do. But God really doesn't want us to do that. He's not worried about our immediate happiness. He's worried about our holiness and how we reflect him and how we um, present him to the world. 
Um, it's possible as Christians to, to be Christians, um, but to waste our lives, to spend our time on things that don't really matter, to live in a way that doesn't really honor God. It's possible to, to, to live a life and, and, and before God and at the end realize that what we did doesn't really count. It doesn't really matter for eternity. It takes a different perspective, a perspective of having an eternal value on what God values um, to say, this is how I want my life to count. I want to live in obedience to God. I want to live completely surrendered to Him. I want to do what He calls me to do and the way He calls me to do it, even though that way will be harder. It will have persecution. It will have hardships. Um, but that is the way that God calls us to live, is, is how do we um, build on His foundation and how do we build in a way that He has already ordained for us to go. Um, it's not easy, um, but it's what we're called to. And it's not a matter of salvation. Christ has finished the work of salvation. There's nothing we can do or take away from what he's done on the cross. He has accomplished everything um, for salvation. It's not a matter of earning our salvation, but it's a matter of living in obedience to God and living out the life he has called us to live um, and honoring him with, with everything we are. It's, it's when we surrender ourselves to God, we don't have any other choice. God, everything I am is yours. I give it all for you. Um, we can't... We sometimes like to, to teeter on this fence of, I want to love God, but I want to live life on my own terms. I want to do what I want. And you can't do both those things well. You can really only do one or the other. And, it, and it's, if you want to serve God, it costs more, um, but the reward is much greater. And the, and the reward of having a sure foundation and a solid, um, a solid life, a solid production of what he's called us to do is, is essential. Um, But this isn't just an individual effort. It's not just about us ourselves. You know, Paul is using plural tense here that you together are God's temple. God's spirit lives in you collectively. It's the church. We're called to do this together. We're called to present God together to a lost and hurting world. It's all of us together. Um, As the church, we all have to be on the same foundation. We all have to have Christ as the center of everything we do. We have to come together and decide we're going to have an eternal perspective. We're going to worry about the things God worries about and not the things the world says we should do. We're going to serve God, and, and whatever that cost is, we're going to pay it. We're going to build a building together um, that will honor God, um, that, that will show his power to the world. You know, when you look at castles, you look at cathedrals, they're not one-man projects. They're usually multi-generational projects that carry on and carry on. Um, and the end product is worth it, but it takes years and years and years and much work and toil. Um, and building God's kingdom is the same way. It's not an easy thing, um, but it's what we're called to do, and it's called what we're called to be faithful in. Um, it's not easy to do this. Um, and, and there's another analogy in Scripture that, that shows what our Christian life is like, and it's, and it's this idea of a fight, of a war, of a battle, um, that this, what we're called to do is not... Um, it's not easy. We're not unopposed in bringing God's truth to the world. Um, we're at war. John, in John 10.10, 10, Jesus spells it out pretty clearly. The thief comes to kill and steal and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and have it to the fullest, have it abundantly. Um, it's pretty clear, and, and sometimes we don't like to, to think about this. Sometimes we think, I can just live my life and do what I want to do and serve God, and, and there won't be any problems, but we don't have that guarantee. Um, in fact, we're guaranteed the opposite, that in this world you will have trouble. Um, but, but Jesus says, take heart, I've overcome the world. Jesus has already won the battle, but we're called to fight, we're called to stand. Um, we're called to be faithful in what he's put before us. And it won't be easy, but he gives us the strength we need. Um, let's look at Ephesians 6, 
um, and, and look at this idea of how do we fight for what God has called us to do. Uh, Ephesians 6. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm, then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So it's pretty clear here. Um... We're not fighting flesh and blood. There's a spiritual dimension that we have to engage in. Um, It's not purely spiritual. God didn't make us purely spiritual. We're psychosomatic beings. We've got body and soul. We've got a physical world and a spiritual world, and they're intertwined um, with the way God made us. Um, So but it affects us. The battle affects us physically and spiritually and emotionally, and we have to be aware of, of all of that, but God gives us these tools, this armor, to protect ourselves and to fight, to stand for what he's called us to. Um, there's a lot here, but I really want to focus in on this concept of standing. How do we stand? Um, you know, it says the day of you will come, but you need to be able to stand. And after you've done everything, keep standing. Um, so Jesus already won everything. It's finished. He's accomplished it all, but we're not to the end of time yet. We're not there. We have to keep fighting. We have to be faithful. We have to stand um, in obedience to what he's called us to do. I don't know where you're at right now. There are different seasons of life, but we can stand in all of them um, and be faithful in different ways, different times. Um, So the first one is is kind of obvious, um, being able to stand and fight. Um, and this isn't always easy, and I don't know where you are right now. Maybe you've been fighting for a long time, and you're really weary. Um, maybe you're just getting started in the fight that's looming ahead, and it's, and it's overwhelming. I don't know if you're fighting for your kids, or for your marriage, or, or for your health. Um, maybe you're fighting, you're fighting sin, you're fighting anger, or depression, or lust, or, or different things that we wrestle with as we walk through, um, the Christian life, um, But battles are hard. They're not easy. And we're not called to go at them alone. Um, God calls us to come together as a people to fight and to stand and support each other in this. Um, And he doesn't call us to win the battles in our own strength. We can't do that. And even if we could, that's not the point. The point is to trust God, that God is our protection. God is our provider. God is our strength. He's our strong tower. Um, And there are times when it seems like we've been fighting forever. And we just keep hitting, hitting... uh, hitting up against a wall or, or trying to break through and it's just not coming. Um, but we're not responsible for winning. We're responsible for standing. We're responsible for being faithful. We're responsible for being obedient to what God has called us to do right now. Um, it may not seem like you're making much ground, but, but, but stand. Keep fighting. Don't lose ground. Trust God that he will come through at the exact right time. 
In Exodus 14, we see the, the Israelites are leaving Egypt. They've been through the ten plagues. They've seen God do miracle after miracle after miracle. Um, but now they're trapped between the Red Sea and Pharaoh's army is coming, and, and they just go, go nuts, um, as they're prone to do, as we're prone to do. And they're like, it would be better for us to just die in Egypt. Why would you bring us out here to die, Moses? Um, and he's, he's speaking to them, and he says, do not be afraid. Stand firm, and you'll see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you'll never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. Um, And when we're fighting in our own strength, we can't get anywhere. But God wants to fight for us. It's who he is. It's what he does. He fights for us. We're his people. He takes care of us. Um, He's accomplished everything on the cross through his death and resurrection. Everything um, we've been given for, for life and godliness. He takes care of us. He provides for us. Um, but he calls us to be faithful. He calls us to stand. He calls us to, um, to be obedient um, and to stand. Um, so maybe you're not in the middle of a battle. Maybe that's not where you are right now. Um, maybe you're in a season of waiting. Maybe you're anticipating what God's about to do, but you don't quite see it yet. Maybe you don't have any idea what's coming next, but you're still you're kind of waiting. Waiting, what God, what are you going to do now? What's, what's next? Um, and, and it's in this time that it can be real easy to just kind of give up, to, to say, God, I don't see you yet, so when you show up, we'll, we'll do it again. But for now, I'm just kind of trying to figure it out on my own. Um, but we're not called to that. We're called to stand. We're called to keep trusting God, even when we don't see what's going on. Um, God doesn't work on our timetable. He's never late. He might seem to us that we miss, he misses a lot of opportunities to be early. Um, but God shows up when he needs to show up. He does what he needs to do, and we have to trust him in that, even when it seems like um, he's not doing anything. I know a lot of people my age really struggle with this. They're like, God, what am I supposed to do with my life? I have no idea what I'm supposed to do, where I'm supposed to go to college, who I'm supposed to marry, what I'm supposed to do. Um, and sometimes it produces this, this fear that's almost paralyzing. That's like, well, if I don't know what to do, I'm just not going to do anything. Um, and that's not of God. Um, God doesn't bring fear. God doesn't paralyze us. Waiting on God is not a state of inaction. It's a state of trust. It's a state of standing. It's a state of being obedient um, to doing what God has placed in front of us today. It may not seem like a big task. It may not seem huge. um, But being faithful and what God has given us is what he's called us to do. Um, About a year and a half ago, I was wrestling with some of these questions. and, And God showed me something that just gave me a completely different perspective. He said there's a difference between waiting on God and waiting on God to do something. There's a difference between seeking God and seeking who he is and and learning more about him and drawing closer to him and wanting God to do what I want him to do when I want him to do it. And and one is a really good state to be in of of growing closer and deeper with God, and the other is pretty miserable because God usually doesn't do what I want him to do. Um, And so as we're in a season, if you're in a season of waiting, seek God, press into him, draw close to him. Um, because he will provide for you when the time is right, and he will open the way before you in a way that you couldn't even imagine. Um, but it, it requires being faithful where you are, and it requires standing and trusting him in the meantime, um, and knowing that he will do what he says he's going to do. Um, and there's another phase of, of resting, of standing and resting. Maybe you've just come through a huge battle, and you're worn out, and you're exhausted, and you're weary, and you need God to restore you. You need him to encourage you. Um, you need his grace and his strength to, to revive you. Um, or maybe you're not in a battle. Maybe life is really good. Maybe things are going really well. Um, and, 
even in that time, we need to keep standing. It's easy when life is good to kind of think, okay, God, I got this. Um, I need you when, when things are terrible, but, but I can handle this right now. Um, and that's really dangerous. It's dangerous when we feel like we don't need God because we need him more than ever then. Um, so we don't rely on ourselves. Um, so if you're in this place, keep pressing into God. Keep standing. You know, rest, trust in his goodness, enjoy what he's giving you. Um, but don't lose ground. Don't back away from God. Press in closer. Trust him with who you are um, and what you're doing. And, and be there for other people that are fighting. We're the body of Christ. We grieve with those who grieve. We rejoice with those who rejoice. And we need to fight with those who are struggling, with those that are battling. We just come together and, and, and support each other and um, be there for each other. So whatever's going on, we're all in different places, but we all need to stand together and be faithful to who God has called us to be um, and trust him uh, with who he is and what, who we are and who we're called to be. Um, if you weren't sure before, I'm going to prove I'm not a preacher because there was three points with alliteration, and now I'm going to move on to one more really quick. Um, but this, this last point of, of looking at the city, um, the last um, kind of illustration God gives us, I think is really important because it gives us perspective for all of these other things. Um, we start with Psalm 46, and it talks about the city of God. Um, and this is our trajectory. We're, we're going towards living in the presence of God forever. And I think sometimes we get a mixed up view of what this is supposed to be. We get lots of pop culture ideas about heaven being floaty clouds and, and angels playing harps. And, and it's kind of just kind of weird. We don't have a good concept of, of, of what the presence of God is. Um, but when you look at Revelation, it's a very different picture. Revelation 21, as we look and see that God makes all things new. He creates a new heaven and a new earth. And um, it's life it was meant to be. No sickness, no pain, no death, like the Garden of Eden, but even better. Um, and it's just it's this complete restoration of everything um, we've hoped for. All our dreams, all of, all of it's redeemed. All of it is made new. Um, and it's all there for us to live out. Um, and enjoy at the end of time. And, and ultimately, um, it, it's, it's life that was always meant to be. Um, and that's what we're looking towards. That's our hope. That's our hope in the presence of God. Um, and it's, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be life as we've always wanted it. Um, it's going to be fun. Um, consider this your official challenge to jousting on triceratops or something like that. It's going to be really incredible um, creation and unity, creation and peace, creation and harmony like we've never known it, where, where war ceases, where there's no death, there's no sickness. Um, it's going to be incredible because the city of God is among men. You know, Revelation talks about the city of God coming down and God dwelling among his people again and there being peace. Um, and that's what we're looking for. We're looking for a city that, that isn't shaken, that doesn't have earthquakes, that isn't shaked by this world. Um, Hebrews 11 talks about the hearers of the faith, and we get a different perspective on who they are and um, kind of their motives. And so it talks about Abraham, and it says he, you know, he lived in tents. He obeyed God. He went to the middle of nowhere. He lived in tents, but he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And that's what we're looking for, a life that's completely designed by God, a life that is um, exactly we were created to live. Um, and that's what we're looking for. And, and so we stand and we fight and we, and we build on this foundation um, because it's not just some far-off future promise. It's right now. The life God has called us to live is right now. 
We're called to live the abundant life right now, and we're called not just for us, but to show it to the whole world, to show everyone, hey, this is the redemption of God. This is the life of God, and it's available right now. It's not easy to live this life, but it's good, and it's what God calls us to. Um, So as we begin this new year, where are you? You know, what's your foundation? Are you building on the foundation of Christ? Are you building things of eternal value? Are you living your life in such a way that the people around you see that you're living for Christ and that you're building things that will last for eternity? Are you standing and you fighting? Are you supporting those around you? Um, the band's going to come back up and we're going to sing a final song, but, but there's a time just to respond to God and say, God, here I am. Maybe you need to reset your foundation. Maybe you need to commit to building your life on what God's called you to do. Um, maybe you need to just... Uh, commit to supporting the people around you, supporting the church, engaging with the church, um, and supporting each other um, as we travel this together. Um, It's not easy, this walk we're called to, but but God is our strength. God is our protection. Um, And no matter what the the world throws out at us, whether the mountains crash or the seas rage, God is enough. God is enough. Um, And that's what we can rest in, that God will be faithful um, and we will see that as we, we commit to be faithful to him, as we commit to stand, as we commit um, our lives completely to him and whatever he wants to do with us. So, um, let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this time. Um, we thank you that you are always faithful, that you are enough, that uh, you always support us, um, that you are there uh, when the world is crashing apart, you are there when, when things are going well, that you are always with us. And God, we ask that, that you would speak to our hearts, that you would move us, that you would bring us towards healing and redemption. You would bring us towards the commitments we need to make to, to honor you, to live our lives in such a way um, that we live before you as, as your people, um, revealing your truth and your light to the world. Um, so God, we commit ourselves to you and ask you to be Lord of all ask you to do, what us, do with us whatever you will, um, and, and we will seek to glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen.